0: We have breath given to us at inception, gifted to us at the beginning of time, and yet we subconsciously take advantage of its function, its existence, and our control or lack thereof around every inhale and exhale. Y'all know I practice gratitude and I talk about it often. I daily thank God for the gift of this day, but I have to be honest, I am not often thanking God for my breath. Even when I think him of my health or my ability to move and flow and, and be, I don't think him for my breath. It is passed by moment to moment. Yet our very existence starts right there. Our breath leads to our voice, which leads to our life's testimony. And if we can't dissect this function and our ability to listen to our inner landscape, we're discrediting even the existence of And therefore leaving us ultimately lifeless in our breath. Think about that. A lifeless breath. It makes me think of a corpse. Which leads me to the vision of the valley of dry bones. And I don't know about you. But I do not want to be in that place ever again. And I say ever again because I've been there. Dried up. Shriveled up. And I know that God has granted me new breath. And so I am motivated extra by today's guest, Jacqueline, to focus in on something that has become habitually in existence in my practice. So many things can motivate you to become aware of your attachment to your breath and your purpose within that breath. And Jacqueline, through Empowered Mind Wellness, describes it as awareness cultivation, a process of dismantling our ego and coming into our breath and body for self-improvement by finding purpose in our placement here. You guys, this is so good. Be prepared to desire cognitive breathing and meditation in life that we so often live in supersonic speed mode. I just encourage you to slow down in this very time. And as you listen, just breathe. We are all in pursuit of something more. Wherever, whatever, or whoever your more is, I want to help you get there wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment. I learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's about the wholeness of our heart and the root of our joy. This isn't a fitness podcast. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy. This isn't confusing religious banter. This is a whole body health checkup focusing on the heart. This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shapers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories to wholeness. If you're one step away from achieving your idea of something more, tune in for practical, fun, and healthy ways to ignite yourself into even more. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast with me, Tamarlee Andres. There is no better time than now to get fit. We are here today. It is Friday. I hope everyone's having an awesome day. I am pumped and energized, literally, because I knew that there was going to be an energy outlet in the room today, but I am (laughs) for the first time, I think, ever. I always talk about how this is just like a loose coffee conversation, and I'm always drinking water. I never drink coffee at this hour, but... Jacqueline and I were just talking about how we've had a long week. Yes. And so I'm happy to end it with you. Um, Me too. Even though it's not really over. We have some fun things going on this weekend. Absolutely. So we'll have to talk about that. But um, I'm so pumped to introduce you to a new friend of mine. I feel like every time I get on here, I'm like, oh, I have a new friend. <laughs> Y'all, I have been lots of new friends. And it is so amazing to have this networking um, experience this year that is unlike anything that I've ever done in my entire life, especially connecting with women. You've been busy. Oh, it's been so good though. Like having eye contact with people, like this is is just such a special treat. And so Agreed. the first time that we got together, I just loved that you were so invested. You're incredible at eye contact. Aw, thank um, you. But the way that you just come into a room is just really empowering to me, which is so Aw, thanks. perfect for your empowered mind wellness, you know, entire brand. Um, so you guys, this is Jacqueline. She's going to teach us. She's going to laugh with us and hopefully not cry, but maybe we never know where it's going to go. <laughs> Don't make me cry. <laughs> well, I'll try not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she, how about you tell them? I'll let you introduce yourself because you are your ex, own expert, but what it is that you do and we'll kind of share about how we got connected and what that storyline looks like for you?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, Hi, everybody. Excited to be here with my friend Tamara. Um, So what do I do? Yeah, what do you do? Well, to put it in a nutshell, I like to call myself a meditation uh, coach, um a mindfulness and breathwork work facilitator. Um, and that's really those are really the core offerings that um, I provide at Empowered Mind Wellness. Uh, really Empowered Mind Wellness is based on three pillars um that um when practiced together foster um our ability to live more skillfully. So that's the goal. That. Um, and there are three main buckets. Um, the first one is um what I would define as the heart and soul bucket. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that has to do with um learning how to be more compassionate with mm-hmm. ourselves. Um, I find that, and research actually backs this up, um, you know, a lot of us really aren't very kind to ourselves, unfortunately. Um, whereas we would go out of our way to be, you know, loving and kind to someone who we really care about, a dear friend, a relative. Oftentimes the voice in our heads doesn't offer the same kindness. So true. So, um, I feel like that's really a foundational piece of what I have to share. That's and just a little bit of self-disclosure here. I've, you know, wrestled with a pretty icky inner critic at various mm-hmm. points throughout my life. Mm-hmm. And I found that when I started to get really curious about what that voice was saying and, you know, what, what it's, um, what its goals were for yeah. me, I discovered that underneath Gosh. that, um, there was, there was really a lot more happening. That's um, yes. And, you know, most oftentimes, times I think people will discover that this inner critic is just so, afraid that um, it's actually trying to serve as a protector of some more innocent part of ourselves. Yeah. Um so anyway, that there's that's so good.
0: Before you even continue, I have to tell you this story that keeps like running in my head really fast because I just heard it yeah. a couple weeks ago at the Rachel Hollis um Rise business event that she did. And I, I think it was her. She was talking specifically about this. And you're going to hear, we hear about this inner critic, this, the voice in your head, um, the enemy, all, there's so many different things that people do. Half the time when people are talking about the enemy, it's literally ourselves. Like yes. We've created that enemy. And so whether or not it's the devil, it's really just your own version of your own devil, yes. um, which is really scary. But she said. Imagine that you are standing in your house and someone comes knocks on the door and that you open the door and they start saying out loud to your face, all of the things that you tell yourself on a consistent basis, you're ugly, you're fat, you're not worthy, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, you're not capable enough. Um, He could never love you that much. Does he even love you? Do you love yourself I mean, anything that goes through her head, right? And those are all things that I've said to myself. So that's why I can chew totally. that really yep. quick. Um, you're not a good mom. You're not a good sister. You're not a good friend. Yep. And so if this person came to all your of it. door, I, I, right? I, I, and they're pointing at you and they're yelling at you. You, of course, I do not do well with confrontation. And yet I can confront myself all the time internally and handle that situation now. But three years ago, I would have not had the resource tools to do what it is that absolutely. I'm able to do. So this person's yelling at you. You're immediately feeling belittled, belittled. Maybe you're a feisty one and you're able to come back at them. Most
1: often though, we shrink
0: back. Right. And then she said this key point that I will never forget is now, not only is it just you in the room, your child is standing next to you at the door with this person yelling at you, saying all these horrible things. And what's, I I mean, it was a room of 6,000 women and everyone was silent. Mm -hmm. because those are the moments. And I would never allow somebody to speak to my child like that. Yeah. Even if it's directly to me around me, I would be like, excuse me, like, let's, let's work this out. There's something that me, or I'm going to shut the door and you're gone. And we would so easily, especially if they were talking to our child about that, they were pointing at my daughter and saying, you're not worthy. You're not pretty. You're not well, you're not, you know, whatever it be. I would, oh, we would go wild on somebody, right? Absolutely. So mindfulness and really focusing in on the heart and soul and having that person, being able to shut that person out. There are so many resources to be able to do that. Um, some that come to mind, Stephen Furtick has um, a series called Crash the Chatterbox Amazing. And Ron Carpenter has one called, um, Detox. And it's all about your own, your own inner battle, your own critic. So I am excited to hear more about that heart and soul space with, with your breathfulness, breath. Breathing and mindfulness.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Um, so um, that's the first bucket: heart and soul.
1: Yeah, heart and soul. And before yeah. we move on, I actually yeah. just want to um, share a little bit more because you, yeah. you know, of course, jogged some things in my mind <laughs> of course, too. Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard about either one of those resources, so mm-hmm. thank, thank, you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I think that um, when you spoke about that part about would you let that same type of bully talk to your child that way? Um, the answer is absolutely not. And um, over the course of my personal journey, I found that one of the most healing and reparative things that I could have done for my heart was actually Inner child work, Mm, and years ago when I heard the concept of inner child work and inner child meditation, I you know kind of stuck my nose up up at it and Mm -hmm. had some judgments about it, Mm -hmm. and I think I just wasn't ready to be honest with you. Um, But as I got more deep into my personal meditation practice, I found that I was actually able to do self guided inner child meditations, and a lot of that was really about reparenting my inner child that maybe didn't get the love and affection. that she wanted at various points throughout her life. Yeah. And it, you know, that's not to say that my parents didn't do a good job because sure. they're both amazing people. Yeah. Um but you know, nobody's perfect exactly. and they really were doing the best job that they could yeah. at the time. Yeah. And so, you know, this little girl maybe didn't get everything that she needed in certain moments and as an adult who is capable of providing that, I was able to go back in and wow. sit with her and, you know, hear what was on her heart and mind and spend a lot of time with her and reparent her. And um that's really a luxury and it adds so much juiciness to a meditation practice because um, you know, when we talk about things like mindfulness and breath work, I'm a real big believer that um if you can feel it, you can heal it. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the common, <clears throat> excuse me, misconceptions about Meditation um is that you know you you sit down and you boot off into some otherworldly place <laughs> right? and you just go from um you 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 bypass the pain and you go right to the bliss. Right. And actually um that's called spiritual bypass. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um at one point, you know, it, it was really attractive to to bypass all of that inner noise, the inner critic. Um, and a lot of the, the pain points. Um, but, you know, when I took the time to sit with her, right. my, my young child version of myself, right. I got to hear what was on her heart and mind. That, that wasn't bypass. That was 100% attunement right. present that's so
0: good and you do you have to be so present with that because yes. otherwise you shut it out and I think that's the biggest problem of why people come to face such like grandiose things yeah. even, even as what might not seem grandiose to other people but things like postpartum or dep- like regular depression or anxiety those things are such like tag words now that people are like oh I suffer from that well like it's a true real thing yeah it is a mental error, error and that we have the ability to go back and fix. And I've never like thought of it from that perspective of like reparenting that little person. But so often through everything that I've worked through in my own personal therapy journey, that's exactly what you're doing. That's where it comes from. That's exactly what you're doing. That's where
1: those core beliefs are established very early on in life. And you wouldn't think it because obviously we don't have the same cognitive capacities um, at age three as we do at age, let's say 25. Um, But yeah. I mean, Still. it's just
0: wild. And I think really honing in on the fact that it's not a lack of parenting, because I think my parents as well, when I was walking through this, like there were some times where I had to like... um put a separation between our relationship that was really close forever and is now regrown and reshaped into such a beautiful thing. But for a while I was like, I need to be alone with this. I need to understand this pain. And I was originally angry towards them. Mm -hmm. And then as I came into my own experience of motherhood and the things that Our parents, our individual anybody is going through 1,000 things in any given moment. Absolutely. And they, like you said, are only able to do the very best version of themselves for that specific hat that they're wearing, which is your mom, which is your dad. Right. Right. You don't know the other 999 things that are <laughs> happening in their lives. Nope. And even as an individual person, I came to realize that half of the things that occurred and the reasons they occurred had actually nothing to do with their lack of parenting, but my lack of being upfront with my own emotions during those seasons. So my being you know, a teenager and you're dealing with um, whether it's bullying, whether it's um, confidentiality, whether it's trusting of a friend, whether it's a broken heart, all of those things. I didn't run to them and express and explain all of those emotions. Oftentimes you're shutting them down so that you can move on to the next thing without ever addressing them and letting yourself heal from it. Right. Jumping into the next relationship, you know, whatever it be. Um, And it seems so like medial when you're 14 years old, like who would think to even address those things and your parents surely aren't going to do it because that's a big birds and the bees come that I never had, right? So it's just, it's really interesting to know that you have access to that. And I want people to hear this so wholeheartedly that if you take the time, just like I said, the rebirth of your own self, of that own little girl, Mm -hmm. that you then get to parent one day, even your own self, like looking in the mirror, you are beautiful, you are loved, you are worthy. Right. All of those things become affirmations because you truly believe them, not because you're coaching yourself to believe them.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's really, it's really simple. We, yeah. we all want to, you know, be loved and we all want to belong. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that to the person who is considering undertaking such a practice, um, you know... It could feel contrived at first. Yeah. If we've been, um, if we've had a, you know, a, an audio cassette mm-hmm. tape playing with the same messages going on and on and on so for several years, sometimes it takes a while to dismantle those habitual mm-hmm. thought patterns. So um, terrible. but with consistency mm-hmm. and with self forgiveness, which I believe is really the, the first step mm-hmm. in any transformative mm-hmm. process, um, and consistency, It's, it's totally doable. Yep.
0: So I mean, we've only touched the first bucket, so we still have to go through the other bucket, but I have to know like when somebody says, or somebody is like to the point where they're like, okay, I want to confront this. I want to sit down with you and have this experience from a coaching perspective. I know you do group breath work and group meditation. I mean, that has to be so like vulnerably personal.
1: Yeah. I think that there's a, I think that there's a time and a place. I don't know that I would um, necessarily, Unpack that at, okay. at the same, uh, I don't know that I would unnec- I would necessarily unpack that in a group setting, right? right? right, right. Um, no, yeah, it's more that's more individualized, yeah. um,
0: and it's going to yeah. be different in like length for everyone too, right? Yes, like, it is. I mean, because everyone's variation of how long has that audio cassette been playing, right, is drastically different,
1: and a lot of that can you know feel very um, shameful to admit in a room full of people. Yeah. Usually, um, you know, in the workshops, the group dynamic is typically, um, close and people feel more connected when they leave than when they came in. Absolutely. Um, but still, you know, yeah, I, yeah. um, I'm a big proponent of not oversharing mm-hmm. if that is going to, compromise right. a person yeah. in, in an unhelpful way. Yeah, yeah. That's really
0: good. That's good insight right there. Yeah. I think that oftentimes, especially from like a bi- biblical standpoint is like we're called to share our testimony. And so people will be like, okay, I'm supposed to share every single thing, every single thing that happened in my life, everybody needs to know. And that isn't actually the the premise of what God is asking us to do. Yes. He's asking us to do it if it's helping somebody else. And so it's not something that you need to stand on stage and go share with the world. This happened to me, but Jesus, it is let me walk you through what occurred and how Jesus like has brought me to this new healing place. And so it'd be similar to walking through this meditation practice and you then later being able that you have to do this. You have to meet that inner child in order for you to come into that new like rebirth place. Um so I think that that's so powerful because so often we do that and then Everyone knows everything, right? And it's not to say that that's a terrible thing, because if you've already confronted it, you've already, you know, self forgive, um, for, so self forgave yourself, and the people in your vicinity have done the same. There's healing in that. Mm-hmm. I just truly believe that there is also so much covenant to relationship, and even that relationship with yourself when it comes to shame or guilt or any of those things that mm-hmm. could be burdensome to you later and the, down the road.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you shared based on um, more of a um, a faith background, yeah. and for me, you know, I I th- so I for for those of you who you probably don't know this about me, I I trained as a um, a, a a uh, therapist a clinical therapist okay, okay, okay. and so you know a lot of my thinking on this um you know is probably biased in part by my training sure. um i'm not practicing therapy now but um you know i just look at it as um We don't, you know, we don't dishonor ourselves by sharing when we're not ready. And I think that especially in the age of Mm self-help and, um, you know, the popularization of um, vulnerability, Um that can send some mixed messages to those of us who are like I'm so ready to heal so I'm ready to spill my guts and get it all out oh, and right. then it's kind of like we you know do the walk of shame totally, totally. um in, in some instances yeah, um, if we haven't had the time to process and um sort of yeah. come to a neutral place within yeah. right yeah, Absolutely. and so I mean I, I love your angle on it yeah. and I think that I think that there's so many different angles to Very view so. that process of so. um you know feel it to heal it yeah. and, and share it and be vulnerable I just yeah. think being vulnerable with um Being skillful in our vulnerability is important. And that's, that's one of the, that's part of the mission of Empowered Mind Mm -hmm. is to live life more skillfully. And I love the definition. Um, there's one definition of yoga that's defined in the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. And, um, it's defined as, um, yoga is skill in, um, skillful alignment and thought behavior and speech mm. and so um when we talk about skillfulness in that way and when i think about um you know how we as human beings express ourselves yeah. um you know it's 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 having mindfulness and wisdom to know how much we pour out into the world, yeah, right? About yeah. our personal story. Yeah. Because if it's not time, then it's not time. Right. Right.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Self-disclosure can also come in phases too. Very much you know? so.
0: Well, just like self-identity. I mean yeah. anybody who says that they've like found themselves fully or they like fully understand who they are, I think that's a becoming process because I know every single day I change. Right. And and they say, what is the the um the basis of like every seven years, like you actually have like DNA change. Yeah, I've heard that before. And so like parts of your like entire internal bones and everything will shift. And so to know that like there's so much change constantly happening, I don't believe that that's like a coincidental thing. I think it's a, a knowing process that we have to be aware of and step into that versus being fearful of, who am I becoming? Being aware that you're becoming, hopefully, the better version of yourself. Right. Yeah. The stronger, more in tune, more aware. And so, self identity is truly a, the whole piece of your practice mm-hmm. being cognizant of your emotions, being cognizant of your breath, being cognizant of where your mind is going when you come into this place of peace. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, you said something that, uh, you know, made me think about how meditation is such a wonderful tool for yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it. you know, there's so many different styles of meditation out yeah, there. Sure, um, sure, sure. So I don't want to get too far in the weeds with all yeah, of that. But yeah. absolutely, I think that it's One of the best tools for um, coming to better know our inner landscape. Mm -hmm. And of course, the inner landscape includes exactly those things that you're talking about thoughts, emotions, sensations, Mm -hmm. even, you know, how we hold our body in space, how we breathe our habitual breathing patterns, um, you know, getting to know our tendencies, understanding what that audio tape is playing over and over and over again in our minds. And also, even maybe catching glimpses of our future self yeah, um, as that. well in the yeah. process. Yeah. And then, of course, there, you know, insights, inspirations, intuitions that drop into in the practice. Um, but, you know, before I get too far yeah, ahead so of myself. Bad. I'm <laughs> like, oh I can't write fast enough. I take notes because I, I know
0: that there's like so much that's happening. I want to be so present. And so it like, it just sinks in further. So thank you for sharing so yeah, much.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: So I feel like let's go to bucket two. Yeah, did we touch on it already? Well, we're kind we're of? kind of like well, in bucket two now. Okay, okay. Yeah.
1: So um, bucket two is um, awareness cultivation, mm-hmm. and that's a broad category, but yeah. it really does caption meditation and mindfulness. Okay. Yeah. And um, basically, there there are so many different ways to train our minds and get to know ourselves better. Yeah. And when you were speaking a bit about, you know, self-identity yeah. and um, how we sort of morph and shift every yeah. seven years yeah. and, you know, gosh, maybe even every seven seconds. Yeah, are totally. 100%. Under, <laughs> no question. Under some circumstances. Yeah. that's That's really the goal behind bucket number two cool. um, is you know, knowing ourselves. And, you know, I think that, I think that it's interesting. Meditation can be undertaken for so many different reasons Mm -hmm. and what motivates people varies. Some people do it for the spiritual aspects of it. I, I know that, um, that was really one of the main jaws for me, Mm -hmm. um, was to feel closer to, um, what I would call God. Yeah. Um, and one of my other teachers refers to, um, you know, the, uh, how do I say this? Um, the, aspect of God as like a higher reality. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to leave anybody out whether you call, whether you call that higher reality, God, Jesus, the kingdom of heaven, universe, divine love. I mean, um, that, I love that.
0: Yes. I think that's, I think that that's an important part to like be starting on is because, This is an introduction to so many people. And this is an introduction to that space or that person or that being where they would have never otherwise known. Because I do believe that obviously you guys know my beliefs that there is a higher being and that higher being is the creator of yourself. And so being in touch and tune with what that is and what that looks like to you is your open gate to exploration of the magnitude of what this universe brings to us. Right. And that's where of all things and all knowing is the belief system comes into play that you are constantly becoming because the universe in and of itself is constantly changing. And if you don't evolve, which we know through evolution, whatever it is that you believe. Yes. We've done a lot of evolving. And so if you're stagnant in any part of your mind, yeah. any part of your heart or your space, you're not going anywhere on the next train,
1: or it's going to be incredibly painful if you're <laughs> if you're gripping yes, in with everything you have yes. to stay exactly where you are. Right? It's so good. Resistance and, is and, painful. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Have you met Jeannie? Have you met Jeannie who does Elements of Life Coaching? I haven't. Uh, no. I'm going to connect you to because it really this makes me think of like the um the mindset of flow. Yeah. And being in that space of flow with your body and your mind and your soul and being able to like roll with the dice, roll with what's coming next. Because right. if you you can't get into that space. This spiritual space is the, is essentially the exact same thing. Yes.
1: And you know what? Um, rolling with um, yeah. is, I think, one of the key elements mm-hmm. of um, a successful meditation practice. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, um, what a lot of people contend with are um, either attachment, mm-hmm. attaching to something, maybe like attaching to um, – something that is coming up in the future sure. or creating things in their meditation practice, yep. right? Because they think, oh, well, I'm supposed to be having this experience. So they're attached to the way they think it should be, right? right? Or right. you know, on the opposite side of that coin, we're pushing away, we're resisting like yeah. what you're saying, yeah. pushing away feelings that come up that we don't like or yep. that we don't think are attractive or we think maybe I shouldn't be feeling like this because I'm meditating. This right. isn't what a good meditation looks like. Right. And then, And then, of course, there's that judgment piece, right? Right. Uh, Well, if it... If it doesn't look good, then I must not be doing it right. right? There's something wrong with me. Right, and that right. kind of gets back to bucket number one, exactly. right? Where did so that message true. of I'm not doing a good enough job come from? Right, so, you right. know, self-compassion and mindfulness really do go hand in hand.
0: And I think, too, with that, and this is a this is a huge concept and topic being shared right now anyway, is that concept of comparison. Yes. Because every single person's journey is going to be drastically different. Totally. Through this process. Absolutely. And so, like, I can pick your brain all day long. and Tell me what it's like for you. Yeah. But until I actually sit down and do it, it's no different than reading the Bible. I could read three of the exact same verses. You go in and you're like, Tamara, that is not what I got out of it. And that's amazing. That's so good that we're all different. We have a unique fingerprint with purpose.
1: Right. Yeah. And I also, you know, think that, um, what you said about, um, you know, evolution, um, I I view meditation even as a co creative process. Um, and, What I mean by that? Let me see if I can break this down. You know, it's really interesting. We live in a culture, right, where we're so defined and it's ingrained in us from very early on in our lives to achieve and accomplish mm-hmm. and it's a lot about forming a self-identity and um, you know expressing it out in the world but it's really based on you know what our achievements are and our titles and everything totally. so you know that's really very opposite of a lot of what um, the meditative traditions are all about which right. is the complete opposite dismantling the ego um, and you know like if um, I'll just fall back on yoga again I'm also a registered yoga teacher yes. and I've absolutely, studied yeah. yoga philosophy for years and so, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, it, the, the saying is that um, ignorance, yes, right, yes. is uh, sort of the root of all of our suffering, right? Okay.
0: Y'all, this has been a transformational year for women who I have had the absolute gift of walking life out with. And not for one second have I taken it for granted or can I take the credit for all that has transpired. It is truly a God thing. I wanted to jump on here to share with you about what I'm believing the 2020 year has in store for us, one of clarity and visions finally coming to fruition over our dreams. Core Creatives is a monthly women's collaborative community, which has catapulted into something very special. and each quarter, I'll be launching new groups that you could be a part of words like invaluable, rewarding, motivating, encouraging, authentic, foundational, and a godsend are all words that women have used to define this group. This year alone, new passion projects have taken flight, businesses have launched, seasoned businesses have rebranded, new vibrancy has been added to the pursuits and daily tasks, logos and websites have been generated, new customers have been cultivated, and my very favorite, collaborations, and healthy relationships have been built between women pursuing their own version of happiness. Y'all, this is not a competition, and this group of creatives puts that into action. Oh, and I can't forget, as a collective, we've raised thousands of dollars for nonprofit that we're all passionate about. I could go on for days, so I will stop ranting, but seriously, I had to take this chance to tell you about these groups as they continue to launch, and a new one is happening soon. So sign up today or come out to a free meeting and truly see for yourself. This is an online and local event, so definitely get in touch. I can't wait to see you. We are back in action, and I have not forgotten, and Jacqueline has not forgotten where we were. So we're on bucket two. We're talking about evolution, and keep going. Yeah,
1: evolution, meditation, and um, you know, I think we were. I think I was saying something about how um, the the root cause of all of our suffering yes. is ignorance, ignorance, right? Yes. So and good. that there's, um, it's it's just so interesting how in the world we live in, and you know, in our in yeah. our country, anyway, the US and, yeah. you know, I'm sure other places in the sure. world as well. Sure. Um, you know, it's all about what we accomplish and we, what we achieve and our identity is really formed around, you know, our, all of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, you know, on the other hand, a lot of the, um, a lot of the guidance that comes from the Eastern meditative traditions, yeah. for instance, talks about completely dismantling the ego. And so on the one hand, here we are trying to uh, maintain this sense of I am, this is yep. me. And yep. then on the other hand, if you know we're following this set of guidelines, it's really about forgetting who you are, all of it. right? Yeah, all
0: of it. And then there's that sense of equality that comes into play when you're in the, this mindfulness space, because anybody can walk into the room. That comparison is out the window. They are just another being in your space, wanting so eagerly to get into their space of whatever it looks like for them. Right. And I, I love that. And I feel like that's, I'm such a hugely different level, but the whole reason that I created the opportunity for people to come in for retreats, to rid themselves of all identity pieces. We are Mm -hmm. all in one space away from our home, away from our spouses, away from our job, away from our children, away from anything, any hobby, any car, anything that identifies I am. Right. And you're coming to the table all in this authentic form and saying, "I, I showed up. And so, what is it that I'm supposed to be experiencing it? And I, it's my favorite thing. For I love group to come. work too. Oh, I
1: love it so too good. because, you know, often when a group of people get together mm-hmm. and they've never met before, um, there is that sense of, well, this is my space and this is your space. Yeah. And really, this is where we tap into yeah. more of the relational field of mindfulness. And it does and yeah, it does encompass that um, you know equal playing field uh, mm-hmm. concept that you speak of, mm-hmm. um, but you know as the group sort of morphs and changes over the course of the the day yeah. or the hours spent or yeah. if it's a retreat it could you know be yeah. much longer than one day yeah. right. A lot of people actually find that they're way more similar than they are different. So, you know, here we are all wearing our bodysuits. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> when it comes down to it, yep. even though my joy and your joy yeah. might look different yeah. out in the world, it's yeah. joy is a raw emotion, oh, right? So One that we all have experienced. Yes. Your sorrow might look very yeah. different than my sorrow playing yeah. out on a storyline, yeah. right? So true. But same thing, yeah. we know what that raw right. feeling is. It's the of point sorrow. Of
0: empathy that you're like met with each other to be able to say, I get you. Yes. I understand you. I haven't lived in your shoes, but I've walked it out too. Right. Because you're all, everyone has experienced every high, every low, just in their own forests, their own experience. Um, and I think that that's such an amazing piece and why you know, the concept even. So I'm going to go into church again here, but like, you know, they have denominations and you have all these different houses of like people that come and experience their thing is probably similar to yoga. Like, okay, we're all experiencing this practice and I go to this yoga house because of this. But there is the experience and the expression of like, if they could all just break down any of those titles and come together. And that's what like retreats are. That's what breathwork does. That's when you're having this mindfulness experience. People come from every walk of life, right? Man, woman, um like the i to me my favorite is the ethnicity and cultural background yes. piece and like sharing that space is absolutely absolutely incredible. It's yes. my favorite thing. Yes. Um, and so like seeing all of those different things come into one and people turning, transforming from strangers to sisters in a matter of three days. I mean, yes. it's just, it's unreal.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, the the diversity piece is, is huge. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a, um, a two-year training with two um, well-known um, meditation teachers cool. and Buddhist psychologists, yeah. Tara Brock and Jack Kornfield. Cool. So I've, I've practiced meditation for probably probably over 12 years at this yeah. point. Um, and just last year, I decided, you know, maybe I'll just move forward with yeah. a certification so um, cool. and, you know, do a certified meditation yeah. teacher, whatever, sure, CMT, sure, sure. whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever that is. Speaking of like Little achievements titles. and titles <laughs> yeah, and yeah. everything. No, but I get it. I yeah, get it. Yeah. I think
0: it's more of just like the practice of the fact that you are continuing your knowledge base in it and continuing learning. I mean, if we if we stop learning, we've also stopped becoming
1: it's really it's really true. One of my teachers um says that the day you stop learning is the day you you start dying. Yeah, really. It's yeah, so true. Yeah.
0: It's so so true. And I can see that just from the outside looking in on so many different people in my own life and like you, it's so transparent on even their happiness level. Like it just. Becomes like stagnant, like going back to that stagnation, yeah. This point, and there's like everyone talks about the plateau in your exercise, right? And like, oh, I've reached this plateau, I cannot get over this hump, I cannot lose the next five pounds, I cannot um, feel like better, I can't reach the next goal mile time. And it's because you've hit a plateau because you're doing the exact same thing, right? And so, shifting. Yes. And learning something new and jolting your body and your brain right. into something new is when you now achieve the next level of success. Yeah,
1: stepping outside of your comfort zone is yeah. another way of saying yeah, it. Totally. And I mean, I think that, you know, same thing goes with um, a formal meditation practice. Yeah. I mean, there are ways to practice. You yeah, can yeah, practice yeah. informal mindfulness throughout yeah. your day, which I'm also a huge proponent yeah. of um and i can talk about that in a second yeah. but then you know the formal practice of actually devoting a set time right. every day and right. sitting down and doing whatever your specific practice is yeah. There can, be, there can be peaks and valleys and that whole process as well. Yeah. And, you know, the idea is to just stick with it, acceptance, yeah. you know, because our natural inclination is to resist it or, yeah. you know, to get bored. That's one of the major stumbling blocks that a lot of meditators yeah. face. They're like, yeah. gosh, like, well, here I am. Now what? Yeah, you know? right.
0: I've done it. I've, I've achieved this ability to bypass or like this, that point. I love right. that, bypass spirituality. But I think... My question would be, and I I think there's another bucket that we want to touch base on too, Mm -hmm. is like quieting your mind, right? Mm -hmm. I am... I can go into my prayer closet and I can like focus on the Lord and I can, you know, read my scripture and like try and be so incredibly present. I had a friend that had a prayer closet. She called it, it a prayer, a prayer closet. closet you know? yeah. yeah. Like what
1: that means. She's at seminary school right yeah, now. Like I'm not, but <laughs> I have it.
0: And then like, even just like being present in our conversation right now, yeah. like trying to just like block out every single other thing. My, my phone that's vibrating in my lap, is it my teacher, is it my child, is it, like what's right. happening, but yeah. also like being really present, present right here. I also have to go to the bathroom, but yeah. that's a so like where and at what point, and I know this is a thing all women have, how do you quiet your mind? Like, where do you, where does that start?
1: Well, I'll have to say that that's one of the most common myths about meditation yeah. is that our minds are shut you know off. supposed to just shut off and everything's supposed to get quiet up there. Like flipping a light switch on, off. Come
0: on, Jacqueline. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's just not how it works. Yeah. We all have minds that wander yeah. and you know, that's that's really how the mind is designed, right. um, and you know there's a whole bunch of science. I don't want to really make this all sciencey uh, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know the the short answer is that if you expect to just plop down and have a quiet mind, yeah, yeah. Y- you know what, you may spontaneously yeah. sit down one day and just yeah. have a really quiet minded meditation yeah. practice, That's right? right? And then there are other times, probably more often than not, where the mind is just going to wander here, there, and everywhere, right? Because we've got to-do lists. We're constantly right. thinking, doing, yep. planning yep. ahead in the future, thinking about the past. Yeah. And it's a lot more rare that we're here in the present now. So going back to what I was talking about a minute ago about yeah. informal meditation practice or informal mindfulness practice, I'd say that one of the ways to quiet your mind in formal meditation is to practice informal mindfulness in daily life. And so really what that boils down to is pouring all of your attention into one task. And I love what one of my teacher's teachers says, Swami Rama actually says, do your work with love and devotion um, because you know oftentimes we do our duties yep, <laughs> life yep. is filled with duties Absolutely. i mean that's not going away until yep. the day that we die yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> and we we sometimes we do our duties and we're like yay this is great yeah. i'm going to go do this i'm excited about it yeah. but like i think more often than not you know, we're like, oh, I've got to go do that. I don't want to go to the grocery store. Do I really have to drive across town here and then go there for True. my kids? Whatever. True. I mean, we love our kids, yeah, right? Yeah. But of course, of course. you know yeah. that there, yeah. a lot I don't of I want to uh, go
0: to tutoring again. There's <laughs> I a lot of go to something else. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it
1: requires a lot of energy, yeah. right? That yeah. you know, people have jobs that might feel unfulfilling, yeah. and they sure. might you know huff and puff as they yep. commute to work. Yeah. Um, but you know, when we when we do our Duties yeah. with love and devotion, really with a higher—it's higher, higher intentionality—is yeah. what it all boils yeah, down to. Um, then. Not only are we almost, like, offering it to a higher cause, mm-hmm. which sounds cheesy, but I just that encourage does. people to try yeah. it. You'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, you know, we, we also are kind of holding our we're, – we're holding ourselves to a higher standard as well. And so when our mind starts wandering off here and there and everywhere, it's kind of like the star that keeps us on track. And so for, you know, a devotional person, that might be something that he or she considers. Right. But, you know, just everyday plain language. Yeah. When you're doing one thing, don't pick up your phone, yeah. even though it's tempting. Yeah. Uh, don't you know? Text. Don't surf the internet. That's don't good. scroll through yeah. social media. Yeah. Um, just focus on one thing at a time, and then when you sit down to practice, actually practice meditation formally. You'll
0: be more. You're
1: priming your mind to be more good. focused. Yeah,
0: it's yeah. really good. I think that's super important. And I think something that somebody could easily take away from this conversation be like, okay. If I'm going to take one thing, I'm going to do this, I'm going to try it, I'm right. going to practice it. So I, I love that. So, where are we now? Bucket three. Bucket right? three, yeah. Okay. What is it? There was
1: like an awesome segue to go right into breath work earlier. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. okay.
0: But we're flowing, just yes, we like are. the breath, right? Yes, we are. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, bucket three um, is about relaxing the body, it's all about yeah. physiological relaxation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people, we, we are such embodied beings that a safe place to start is certainly, um, relaxing the body and really even cultivating body awareness. Um, and you know, the, the breath is of course within the physical body, right? Right. Um, and you know, the pranic field is also outside of the physical body too. Um, but for the purposes of this conversation, um, suffice it to say that, um, that third bucket, breath and body are kind yeah. of intertwined. And, you know, I started practicing breath work, um, gosh, 12 years ago maybe. Yeah. Um, and I approached the practice because I was kind of at a crossroads in my life. Yeah. Um, I had experienced anxiety, um, you know, for for years. Yeah. And um, anyway, at this crossroads, I was just – not really fulfilled in a lot of areas of my life. I was in a crappy relationship at the time. I had a lot of unfulfilling relationships in my life at that time. Yeah. I had a good job, but it was like, "Hmm, it was yeah. okay." Yeah. I definitely wasn't taking my own advice that I just gave previously. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I was, you know, yeah. It was like going, a want, wah, wah yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: have to do this, yeah, have
1: to do this yeah. type of mentality around work, yeah. and um, you know, I was suffering too. Yeah. I, I just wasn't living very skillfully, and a friend of mine had suggested breath work, and I thought, oh well, I'll give it a shot. And she recommended a teacher, and so I went, and wow, I mean, that's really what put me on the path of transformation. Right. And I think one of the reasons that it was so easy to see the benefits so early on is because the breath is something that's with us, um, all the time, right? It's not like we have to contrive that. It's just there. And it's a fascinating area of study because, um, you know, the breath is a conscious and an unconscious process. Right. right. And really it's only, it's one of, it's the only function of the body that we, um, have conscious control of. But then if it's left to operate of its own accord, it can do so without us micromanaging how it moves and flows. How
0: interesting. I never thought of it like that.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, that's where we, we could go down a rabbit hole of using the breath really for, for personal transformation. Yeah. But at the very least, it's certainly a wonderful meditative anchor. Yeah. And then when... Practice in more of a breathwork setting where the breath is intentionally manipulated and changed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can, you know, lead to some pretty profound yeah. healing. Really insane. Yeah. I know.
0: It's just making me think because my husband and his interest, he loves to like research the most bizarre thing. So he's one of those people who knows a lot about a lot just because he's just interested in one. He wants to know the next thing. Is he or, a good like, trivia partner? He's a great, he's so good at Jeopardy. I'm like, okay, how do you know that? That's I'm so weird. I'm not either. I'm horrible at it, but I bet you my IQ is higher than him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he, he, um, researches this guy, Wim, William Huff, Wim Huff. Yes. Yeah. You know him?
1: Yeah. The Wim so, Huff. Uh, yes. Uh, yes.
0: Yeah. Of, yeah, so of course you know him. It makes total sense. But for those who don't know him, he is, um, holds the Guinness world um, record for traveling underwater underneath ice and swimming from one place to another for the longest duration. Why somebody would practice doing that? I do not know. I have no but idea But the crazy thing is, is he's doing it without a wetsuit on. So just himself diving in under a glacier and going a really long time. I wish I knew offhand what it was, but what he did in order to practice for that is he changed his breath yeah. in order to change his internal body temperature. And so my husband think this he's somebody who wears flip-flops year round even in the cold, I've seen him shoveling in shorts and flip-flops. And I'm like, what are you doing shoveling snow in that? And he's just, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm, I'm breathing out here. I'm like, okay, do your work. Right? <laughs> so I know that he's like, he literally will go and practice. He just, um, hiked Mount Whitney, which is the tallest, um, the tallest peak in the United States of America. And cool. so he got there, he was, it's like 14,000 elevation from top to bottom. Wow. So like really insane. Um, and he never practiced he did not wear flip flops, which is very rare, because he'll go hiking nine, ten miles in flip flops. It's wow. insane. Um, but he was wearing, like, yeah, Ouch. right. He's wearing board shorts and a tank top, and everybody else is wearing like hiking boots, gear. yeah, <laughs> all geared out. Outpacks. He ran out of water on the way up. Thank God for other people who are like, generous. But he said the entire time he was just really focused on his breath, because obviously, immediately out of the car, out of the gate, his heartbeat started going like crazy because he, you don't ever go from zero to. 14,000 in no time, right? Like that. Yeah. And so it, he's just, has always been somebody who so advocates for breath work and he will have my children even when they are anxious or if something's going on and they're like, can't stop crying or whatever it be, he just gets down on their level and he's just like, breathe with me. Yeah. And like the, the first off the beauty from a mother, I'm just like, you are so sexy know. right now. I Absolutely. Love you. to the moon because this is amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also but like, so I notice myself going into the same rhythm of what he's asking them to do. Mm -hmm. And when I come into that place, I'm like, okay everything's going to be okay. And generally speaking, because we do have a bit more control as adults, we get to that place faster Mm -hmm. than where the children I feel like are, even though they're probably incredibly in tune and we don't even realize it. They're just the ones crying. Um, But it's just, it's really amazing what literally the breath alone, without even thinking about all this other mumbo jumbo that might seem like way over somebody's head or even interest level, it's if you can just focus on your breath.
1: Yes. What it
0: does to you when you're breathing, when they say when you're breathing through your nose, out through your mouth, when you're running or don't get cramps, do this. I mean, all of those things take such mental alignment. Yes. Though, even though we can do it when we're not thinking about it. Yes,
1: it does. And, you know, not to fall back into bucket number two or anything, but I think I will for just a second. You know, I had mentioned how, like, people will be inspired to... Undertake meditation as a practice for several reasons. Sometimes it's for spiritual reasons, as we mentioned. Sometimes it's for stress relief, um, or Um, you know, physical relaxation, for healing, um, for um, better ability to concentrate. Um, There there are all sorts of reasons, and I mean, I'd say that the draw has been there. All of that has been a draw for me at one point or another. And I'd say that same thing goes for breath work, right? If you want to do breath work as a Self-regulation strategy to manage anxiety or to sort of like fire yourself up if you have a more sluggish or depressive type disposition, yeah. then yeah. there are practices for that. I, yeah. I took a certification with Amy Weinschaub. She yeah. wrote, I don't know, let's see, Yoga for Depression okay. and Anxiety. I think that might be the name of the book. Okay, I've forgotten cool. it. But anyway, I mean, she went through very um, she went through various practices yeah. for breathing to either activate or to calm slash soothe. And so it can be used for that. The thing that I actually really love about it, though, is um, using it as a way to dismantle unhealthy breathing patterns, Mm. because a lot of us are we I think it's fair to say that we live in a society of chest breathers. Yeah,
0: interesting. <laughs> you know,
1: our tight yeah. clothes, yeah. our slumped over postures, yeah. right? Like the way that the way that we hold our bodies yeah. in space can affect the way that we breathe. Yeah. Um, when the I said breathe, ah, breathe, gotcha. <laughs> breathe. <laughs> when um, you know, when we're we're slouched over that. Yeah. Um, inhibits the uh, range of the diaphragm in the body, and that can compromise the volume of air that we take into our lungs. Sure, you're
0: like making me sit up in my chair. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And, you know, one thing I loved, one tip I love sharing with people in workshops or in privates is, hey, look, Just check in and notice how you're breathing over the course of the day. When your mind starts running really fast because you're stressed or anxious or you're not present really, right? You're off in a story somewhere other than where you are right now. Notice what happens to your breath. Are you breathing faster? Are you holding your breath? Are you reverse breathing where you actually suck in as you inhale and push your belly out as you exhale? There are all sorts of really funky breathing patterns that people develop as a result of psycho-emotional churning, really.
0: Sure, sure. That's so interesting. I feel like, and all of it is related, right? We're talking about like, even last night, somebody was talking about gut health related to CBD oil and what the transformation has done for her um, son who was dealing with a bunch of things. But I find it really interesting that at the end of the day, like if we can check back in with our body, Mm -hmm. literally like our physical being and that being the first place that you start, because yeah. I feel like that's a control center that we do have the ability to con- like connect with. Yes. A lot of times because of the where we started at the first bucket in the mind, I feel like the mind is way harder to control than my breath would be. It is. Because I would be like, hold on, like I can do this and still let my mind run wild, right? Or I, I don't want to face those things so I can easily put those away. But it, when it's my, my body and it's no different than like we're... You know, going a million miles a minute, America always is doing all my regular daily tasks. And then the moment I get sick, I'm like, boom, my body is down and I have to stop everything else right? because this is the control center that makes all of those other things happen. So I've had a girlfriend who's been sick with the flu the last couple of days and she's like, gosh, I hate this. And it's, we hate it because one, we're not in control of our function at that point, but because we've stopped everything else and we're not feeling well in it. I want to stop everything else and feel amazing when Mm -hmm. I do it. And I think that that's the practice of essentially what meditation is and getting to that mindfulness space of being like free and at peace and where you are in a comfort zone, instead of always having to work through something traumatic, you do get to the place and there will be ebbs and flows of your entire life. But I I want to live my life so that when I'm able to rest I'm doing so, so mindfully that I get to do it enjoyably. Yeah, mindfully versus, and enjoyably. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Right? Yeah. So I, I just think that that's so interesting because I, t- I truly do believe, like, even concepts of cancer, and I, I'm not no doctor and no expert by any means, but I think if people focus more on how they breath- they were breathing – Yes. Like that could actually be inhibited.
1: Yes. And we really did. We did start from more subtle and we are, you know, making our way to, um, you know, physicality yeah. now or yeah. the the gross, the gross layer of our being, yeah. G-R-O-S-S. Yeah. And, um, you know, yoga has terminology for all yeah. of these different layers or koshas yeah. of our being uh-huh. um, or coverings, you might yeah. call them. And so the thing that's cool about the breath is it's actually the intermediary between the physical body and the mental, emotional. Mm-hmm body so you know when we practice mindfulness we're almost practicing top-down regulation when we're practicing breath work we're using the body's language to regulate up to um, neutralize any sort of mental or emotional distress that we're potentially experiencing at the time but the cool thing about the breath is that since it is this Intermediary between the two levels of our being, and there are five levels, I think, in the you know philosophy of yoga. We don't have to get into all of that, (laughs) but. It's a it's a mirror. It yeah. it really contains wow. a lot of powerful information. Really cool. And that's why I say check in with your breath. Yeah. What's going on in your body, what's going on in your breath, what's going on in your mind. Is there anything wow. that you'd like to do differently in this yeah. moment? We have countless opportunities to hit the reset buttons. <laughs>
0: so cool. It's so cool. And I, I think I mean I, I don't even know what I intended for this conversation. I try not to go into anything with expectations of just like an opportunity to just be together. Um, I do want you to share because I know that there's so much to you, to what you bring to your knowledge base is like your heart placement, your life placement. Like you mentioned a couple of places of like what brought you to this, why you are here and who you are. But as you've journeyed through this experience, like what are your, I guess, biggest takeaways and not from like a high level breathwork mindfulness space, but just like who you are, your identity place.
1: Yeah, um, I think that life's a better a better experience when um, we are mindful mm-hmm. and when we're not resisting it. Yeah. And I think that that's really the moving meditation of life because it's really easy to get off track. And uh, again, we've got countless opportunities yeah. to come back to the present. And um, it's also tempting at certain times to you know fight against life and curse it and resist. It totally. when it's not unfolding or happening the way that we want it to. And so I think going back to that flow concept yeah. of um, – moving with rather than resisting, it's really important. And I'm not here today to say that I'm some guru sure, because sure, sure. I'm totally not. Yeah. I'm like all of the rest of us going back yeah. to that <laughs> equality plane, yeah. right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, but I'd say that that's, that's how I try to live my life. And one other thing I just want to touch on briefly, which answers this um, yeah. question that you raise is you know this idea of meditation and turning inward and developing a peacefully inwardly fl- peaceful inwardly flowing yeah. mind is so important in the world that we live in today um, because so much of what we experience is, um, there's such an external component to it. And, you know, we speak about like all of the comparison traps that are prevalent in our times today. You know, mm-hmm. social media is a hot button topic that yep. comes to mind for a lot of us, right? Because it's like this nonstop at our disposal comparison reel, right? And everybody's doing every, all the things and we want to do all the things. <laughs> yeah, and we have yeah. FOMO when we're not doing yeah. all the things. Or, I mean, just to use an example that I think a lot of people so can relate true. to. Yeah. That when, when we look outside of ourselves yeah. for confirmation and validation of our worth, I think that that's one, where one of the biggest pitfalls is. I know certainly for mm-hmm. me, anytime I've fallen into the comparison rut before, um, it can be really – it can be so enticing to forget the truth of who I really am. And so my probably number one value in life is – remembering who I truly am every day, plugging back up to that higher reality and engaging in that co-creative process that we talked about earlier. Because I believe that that inner radiance that we experience when we turn within Mm -hmm. is so much more luxurious and rich and abundant than anything that we're looking for outside of ourselves. And it actually... It fuels me to do that, and it fuels anyone, anyone. to be able to yeah. accomplish, you know, what they what
0: being in tune with that. That's where you come into recognition of like your own passions versus anybody else's, which yes. really sets you on the path of. I want to do this because it fulfills me, right. which then eventually fulfills all the people around you. Right, and and you're not doing it because somebody else told you to, or there's an expectation for you to do so, or because you've achieved some sort of milestone in your life and this is the next step. Um, so I love, love, love that, and I feel like of all of the things that you said today, that's like literally the perfect bow on top of the package because. Um, it just is like if you are able to just be and connect with them yeah like just be and just be and keep it simple yeah. it does not have to be complicated
1: you know yeah. like capitalistic society <laughs> and you you even if I get this and I do this and yeah. I go there and I meet this person then everything's going to be magical and I think that oftentimes so much of it that it yeah. can be streamlined
0: yeah with um the KISS method, we just learned it last night at Core Creatives with the financial guru, is keep it simple, stupid. Oh, yeah. Oh, so that. Right. exactly it. Exactly, 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 exactly. You can just stick to that. You
1: yeah. can yeah. so much less Complicated. I agree. There have been times when I've gotten really willful in my meditation practice yeah. over the years, you know, and we were, when I was hitting plateaus in yeah. meditation yeah. practice, sure. for example, I was like, well, maybe if I do this technique instead of this technique, then I'll feel better. Yeah. And, you know, at the time my teacher was like, <clears> oh, <throat> yeah, it's time yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and, you know, I really, like, complicate things, get myself in a tizzy, yeah. and then you know, yeah, come back, come back, so, you know, and kind of
0: I was like, oh, I should have been all these fun little obstacle courses, my ego just made me
1: jump through it, and that's life, yeah, that's life, that's
0: life, that's life, and people, I mean, literally i to live it resistance, <laughs> right, it's like looking at these huge light rings that are on us right now, I'm thinking of like, the lion jumping through the plane, right, yeah, uh, is that like, if you just go through, it's easy easier done, like his trip is over, but there's so much hesitancy because you're like, how am I going to get around, and I'm going to jump over, and I'm going to decide yeah, what's going to do, and then meanwhile, like, the you, whatever you're going to say, it's like, just come this way, just come this way, like, leaving oh. really out of contact with you, and you're like, no, 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 no that or not, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's so, at the end of the day, like, being able to connect with yourself, and who that person is, and ultimately, for us, it's whose whose you are through that because we are not our own and whatever that means to anybody that's your own for the taking but I feel like when we talk before it's like so much more about that spiritual race and even before we were getting on this conversation I was like thinking okay like how do you blend right we're talking about Um, cultures and ethnicity and and different genders and all of that how do you blend and come to a connectivity point with people and at the end of the day it's just like you said being loved and being known and not being alone and if you can know who you are, you don't feel alone because you're with somebody who loves you.
1: Yes, the, your, yeah, my my teacher calls it um, your inner friend. Yes. I love that. That was Capital I capital
0: inner friend. Yes. That makes me so happy because it goes as yes. yes. yes back to this in, with this little girl yes it does and I can I can literally see myself there especially with having my little daughter who looks like my mini-me anyway yeah and just experiencing those times in my life where I just needed a friend yeah and we didn't have that person yeah so coming alongside them um, and being that friend to each other but knowing now and having more empathy for other people yeah. no matter what mask they're wearing is just being empathetic for people and showing up and That was where our conversation was before about like if social media and all of those things went away, what does it come back to? And it comes back to connection. Totally. And so all of these, you know, numbers and things that we chase and titles, none of that matters at the end of the day. It's like, who were you connected to? Who made a lasting impact on you and who did you make a lasting impact on? Mm-hmm. And so there was a um, motivational speaker who I followed, who I shared this last night at my core creators meeting, is that he, um, Ed Milet is his name, he's an incredible spiritual man, but just like he's a motivational coach for really high-level achievers, so professional athletes, really, really successful entrepreneurs. Cool. And he's talking about how at the end of life he had this vision that God had created the man that he had intended for Ed Milet to be in heaven. And he wants to get to heaven, and when he meets that person, the best version of himself, everything that God intended, he wants to be that identical twin instead of a stranger. And if we are not working every single day to become the best version of ourself, and whatever that practice looks like for you, is we are limiting ourselves from the person that we're intended to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would just add on to that. Um, Tara Brach actually calls it, um, what does she call it? Um like the self-growth project or something like that. I know I'm not saying that right, right. No, the self-improvement project. (laughs) And like, I totally agree. I'm all about like, you know, the whole, like, um, what's her name, Carol Dweck, I think. Yeah. Like the whole growth mindset. Yes, totally. And I'm a big proponent of self self self-transformation as well. Um, but I love what Tara talks about, which is the self improvement project, yeah. and I think self growth is amazing as long as it's done without that critical voice, right? Yeah. Um, because the self improvement project is like, well, you'll be good enough when you get to here, mm-hmm. but until then, and we all know that, you know, yeah. The, Really when we move our milestone, Oh, like, I really
0: want to get here, then I'll be you know one thousand so, and we see that sadly on so many suicides and things that happen yeah detrimentally because people get there and yeah. you see it and all the things that people aspire to from an American dream standpoint and that was literally how my entire journey went is I quit the American dream Mm -hmm. and I didn't want the white picket fence. I sold the cars. I sold all the things. I let go of the two CEO positions that I had and all the titles so that I could just be and figure out who it was that I was. And ultimately I'm 1000% more happy as a human being than I have been my entire life. A right, human doing There's something that doing, doing. <laughs> All these is horrible, but I just I know that people have this ability, and I want so eagerly. So, if you're local. And you're listening live. Hi and welcome. Hi. <laughs> um, and almost goodbye. But uh, we wanted to, I want you to introduce how can people get to in touch with you because I'm sure you do things online as well, but you have a, a, something, a to workshop tomorrow. Yeah,
1: I do. So it's a private event tomorrow. It's actually on self-compassion. Um, but I um, received so many inquiries and questions about when is the next workshop. So um, I will be putting on a workshop on January the 12th. That's yeah. a Sunday. Yeah. Um, time to be determined the location is at the annex so um, so stay tuned it's going to um be a workshop that um basically covers a lot of the different dimensions that we talked about today body breath mind heart um and then there are going to be some all other opportunities to practice too um next year i'll be offering um a series on um like introductory mindfulness and meditation and we're going to be covering a lot of things in more depth for for several awesome. weeks in a row so that will awesome. be really exciting and um website is currently under development okay. i've been working on it for a while yeah. um as we spoke about evolution <laughs> yeah. Yeah. change yeah so anyway that should be published sometime in the like yeah. early um q1 2020 cool. And then, of course, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is empowered underscore mind underscore wellness, and my email is Jacqueline at empowered minds yep. thank you so much for
0: being here. I end, I feel like I need to go be quiet, and I get to go pick up my kids. So thank you, amazing. So thank you for being here. For this is I really enjoy. Yeah, I can't wait to practice with you. I'm excited. I'm excited to it there. I'm excited to join you on Susan. It would be amazing. Our friendship has just started. Yes. It so is. Thank you guys for being with us. Bye. I'll soon. Hey, y'all. I hope in today's episode you sense an ignite to an ember within you something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your wholeness journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway by snapping a pick of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at Fit and Faith with the hashtag Fit and faith podcast so I can help you stay accountable. We're in this together, right? Community over competition is the motto. I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. Let's fuel the flame and share the gift of wholeness with everybody. Until next time, cheers to your health and happiness. Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.